don't break my heart, my doki doki heart. I just can't take it anymore. Hello and welcome to Case Reopen, your number one Detective Cannon rewatch podcast. That was my beautiful rendition of Doki Doki Heart. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and I am joined by co-host, Kyle. Hello! And, it's me. And then we got the homie Soju, Justin. Soju. Oh, sorry. Didn't see you there. I, I was too busy reading Case Closed, Volume 36. Uh, sorry, I'll put that down. Uh, continue. Yeah, this visual gag is going to go really <laughs> well in this audio podcast. It is. They'll get it. So we're going to discuss two exciting episodes. We're on episode three of the, of the anime. This is an idol's locked room murder case. <gasps> and we're introduced to a recurring character that uh, I don't I, I don't want to spoil anything. But we'll, we'll meet some characters here. Um, Kyle... How, how how are you feeling after two episodes? I know you're, you're the least experienced. How, how are you feeling on the show right now? I am so excited about it, man. Um, this show seems so wholesome and just sweet, even though people are dying left and right. Uh, I just <laughs> I really okay. enjoy the tone, and it's something that I don't think a whole ton of anime really do, at least the, the ones I watch, so... This has been a breath of fresh air. It'd be really funny if you absolutely hated the show and we're stuck doing this for a decade. <laughs> stuck for a thousand I was going to say, yeah, we'll only find out on our last episode. <laughs> Kyle will just like break. He'll just, he's been holding it in so long. He'll just go on one epic rant. I hate crime shows. <laughs> I hate this shit. I was just trying to be nice to Tyler. and uh, The worst decision of my life. Do I call him Shinichi or Conan? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so the episode starts, and uh, it's been three days now since uh, the very beginning of the series. And uh, Shinichi's a little like frustrated with Kagero. He's just kind of like being a slob and not doing much work. But, but man, he is inspired when he sees uh, Yoko Okino, his idol, the one that steals <laughs> his heart. Yoko Okino. Yeah. Kogoro is the name. number one fan, as you will see. Yeah, Kyle, um, who was your idol growing up? Like, did you have a Britney Spears poster <laughs> on your wall where you're like, hit me, baby, one more time? Or what was going I on? Went to all her concerts. Not Yoko Okino, because uh, this is some wacky ass shit. <laughs> <laughs> what, because of the murder? Are you really just going to give up on Yoko just like that? I mean,. I don't want to spoil how this episode ends, but I mean, I'm a still a little suspicious of this idol over here. <laughs> Justin, who was your like uh, crush growing up? Oh, geez. Um, I mean, the first one that comes to mind, which is probably obvious as a 90s kid, is, um, oh my god, I just blanked on it, Kimberly from Power Rangers. Oh, wow. Uh, the Pink Ranger. Yeah. Like, total total crush all of us have been there yeah so that's the one i can think of off the top of my head even kimberly herself yes <laughs> so we get to see conan like in full school mode and uh we get to see the detective boys again um what's interesting once again um the detective boys weren't really in this uh case in the manga but they've been 
inserted into the anime here. We see them a whole bunch throughout this episode, just like the, the very first episode of the anime. And I like it. I like seeing more of Genta and Ayomi and Mitsuhiko. I, they're fun mm-hmm. to have around, even if they're not really adding any oomph to the, to the plot. Yeah, it, it makes it really interesting knowing that they don't introduce themselves until way later on. But because the manga has been going on for so long at this point, they know that they're main part of the series um, to introduce them and just show them around so they you can get a better idea of what they're like. But Conan's mother, he, they're not really friends yet. Conan's like running away from the group and he's trying to stay away from them. They want to be friends. And then he 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 runs off. He goes to find the Professor Agasa. And he's like, man, you just gotta be calm and patient. You know, you gotta. This we're playing the long game, just like this podcast here, guys. We're playing a decade-long game here. We can't Back worry. in my day. Yeah, we can't worry about like what's happening in a week or two. We gotta be thinking that long game. We gotta have that that preparation. We're smarter than that. But Agasa gives him that voice-changing bow tie. This is the first of many inventions we'll see throughout the show. Some of them have like uh like reoccur very often. Some are like a few uses, and then we they fade into obscurity. But I love these inventions, and there's probably more mm-hmm. in the anime. I'm sure there's probably some like anime original episodes where he gets a one-off inventions. We'll see. So that'll be fun to find out. Um. So, mm-hmm. Kyle, what do you think about the voice changing bow tie? Do you think that's a cool? Like this thing. seems like a surprise to me. I'm not going to lie. Do you think uh, it's going to work? Well, I mean, Past this, this episode, first episode seemed to make it look like it worked. I'm very confused. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm very confused. Because the past two episodes didn't seem like there was an issue. And now he's using it in like really weird instances, hiding behind a couch and like pretending to be <laughs> someone else. I don't know. I'm just, I'm very lost when it happens. I'll, I'll point it out when we get there, but like, I just, there's <laughs> one moment where he uses it that just killed me. So, far. Mm-hmm. Um, so but we uh, get back to the Mori Detective Agency, and everybody's shocked because they see nobody else than the idol, Yoko Akina, exiting a vehicle, and then she rings on the door, and Kagawa is all like, he's tired, he's done for the day from his busy, like, day of just watching television he's like oh we're closed and then he notices who it is and this is like my favorite scene he runs to the bathroom he quickly shaves he puts on his best tux and he's like miss it seems that you are in distress like he's so suave all of it so good i love it and it turns out that yoko has a stalker which you know makes (gasps) sense an idol would have that and then her manager's with him, and he please asked uh, Figaro to investigate very discreetly. But then <laughs> uh, he just, Figaro just starts handing him all these documents. But you'd think they'd be like legal documents, but they're just autographs he wants. <laughs> like, just fantastic <laughs> comedy throughout this episode. This is like classic Kogoro, too, because he acts like this in the future with everything, too. It's great. Yeah, he's a bit extra. And then uh, Ren and Kenan tag along with the investigation. And then uh, this is the part they change from the from the manga here. The detective boys hop in the trunk of the car. 
Once again, like, that's not smart behavior. Where's these kids' parents? (laughs) Here's my relatable moment. Kyle, have you ever hopped into the trunk of any car? Uh, I gotta tell you, I have not. Justin. I'm sorry, Tyler, but I also have not. Yeah. Be really funny. Like, what are these times we're gonna ask something outlandish, but you'll actually have done the thing? It'll all pay off. Five hundred episodes in. Hey, uh, have you actually murdered somebody? There's a lot of murder in this uh, show. Oh no, no. Then somebody's just gonna randomly say yes, and it's like, what? <laughs> we're gonna have to relive something traumatic on this show. I feel. Oh yeah, all the traumas <laughs> will come out. Um. So. Yoko opens the door and they find the dead body. It's a kind of like a chubby dude. He has a knife sticking out of his chest. And the kids run in and they're just traumatized. Like we'll see this a lot. Just young children being traumatized by like grisly, gruesome uh, murders. And then uh, they call the cops. Uh, Inspector Megary shows up. And we learned that Kogoro used to be a cop, and he used to work on that side of the law. And but didn't he, really he, help out very well. No, Megari <laughs> says thanks to you, the cases we got were more difficult. So good. <laughs> he didn't have extremely high standing anything. And then Conan notices that the room's extremely hot, so that's something to keep in mind for later. And then next Conan, yeah, he starts like just going off and like like he's doing the shinichi thing where he's like just boldly making uh, observations and like not playing a kid role at all and then he tries covering up and he like knows he's gonna get in trouble before he even gets in (laughs) trouble so he starts like doing what mori would say and he's like you shouldn't say silly words children can sometimes ruin things um to mayomi and then he gets popped on the head I just love like the little interactions between uh, Conan and the rest of the kids. It's so cute. Um, so, obviously, the cause of death is from the knife. And the manager of uh, Yoko, he slips and he removes something from the body. It's looking shady. When you guys watched this right here, were you thinking that like he had to be involved somehow? What about you, Kyle? Did you think that? Yeah, I just, I, well, are you going to grab something off of a dead body unless, you know, you're trying to hide the fact that you killed the guy? I don't know. It was a, it was very interesting to see how this case evolved. And boy, does it take some twists. Uh, Justin, mm-hmm. I know you've seen this before, but like, if you can recall the first time, like, were you kind of leaning towards the manager having been involved? Um, yeah, and I think what make again, something we'll notice in all these episodes is what makes these cases so great is, especially not knowing, you're like, oh, that was obviously weird. Why would they do that? And then it gets explained later. Um, but sometimes when they do the obvious thing, sometimes it's obviously not pointing to them. They just did something to make you think it's them. Yeah, some misdirection. Mm-hmm. Um, so the manager also says that they don't know the victim at all, and it's a total stranger. And then Conan finds an earring underneath the sofa, but nobody's listening to him. Like, he just bothers him out. So he uses the bow tie, and he just like cranks up the like the deepness to the voice to like twelve, and then he's like, "Hey, over here!" 
That's the part that just killed me. So they find it. They look at the air ring, and uh, Yoko immediately recognizes it, and that's from a rival idol named Yuko uh, Ikazawa, which is another actress. A lot of names here, but she gets called into the room, and Yuko is upset that she's being investigated for a murder. She says she has never been in the room before, and but they talked to the security guard. He said she was there, and she was like, ah, no, it wasn't me. And then she goes to the restroom without asking, and that kind of like gets Conan's eyes up because he's like, hmm, maybe she has been here before. And while she's walking, he's like, Yuko and Yoko, beyond just having similar names, also have a, a similar body from behind. Uh, same, same exact measurements, Kyle. What a fucking observation that is, you know? Oh, you know. <laughs> look similar. Same butts. Oh, yeah, there's a great interaction between Ran and Conan here because she's like, if Shinichi were here, he would solve all these cases easily. Where did he go? And then, like, Conan gets all defensive and he's like, he'll return very soon. I'm, yeah, I mean, I guess. <laughs> and Ran's like, huh? He's so bad at acting like a kid. Oh, my God. He's so bad. I really, really like Ran in this episode. She just seems so sweet and, like, she's really worried. And I don't know. I just, it's so nice. And then Yuko once again like gives it away that she'd been there before because she walks over to the Statue of Liberty miniature <laughs> and then uses it as a lighter. <laughs> and even like the dance kicker where it was like, hey, how did you know that? And um, then she admits she was here and she, she had broken to the room because she had, she had stole the key from the manager and uh, she was looking <laughs> for evidence of a scandal. And they identify the victim. Is a Fuji Akiyoshi, and they actually went to the same high school as Yoko. <gasps> so it turns out that the manager was lying, and not only that, it's her boyfriend. It was her ex-boyfriend. So like, things are dun, looking dun. pretty bad for Yoko here. Uh, she then says, "She did it." Yeah, she probably did. Um, but she's like, "Hey, um, I have no reason to like." have any ill will he actually dumped me not um the other way around so like it doesn't make any sense for him to be the stalker and then conan notices a dent in the floorboard and then it's we get to the sad conclusion here but first we get this hilarious moment where conan needs to like pretend to be kagero so he can get his deduction through <laughs> so he tries to kick an ashtray at him and then it hits Ginta first. <laughs> and then it bounces off the wall. It's kind of like the GameCube controller situation that like Kyle thought would happen in my story where I was bashing myself in the head. He thought like I'd hit it off something and then it hit me. It was kind of, That's kind of what happened here. And then it hits Kagero in the back of the head. He falls into a chair. Just a perfect, soft, safe landing. And then Conan gives the deduction. Um, first of all, Kyle... How do you like uh, him constantly giving brain damage to Kagero by knocking him out? Oh, huge fan. Huge fan. <laughs> I, I love the idea of Kagero slowly losing all sense of his mind throughout the show. And, and we'll be I mean, it's also know. revenge for uh, him keep bonking Conan on the head. 
Do you think someone has a TBI at this point? Like at this point in the manga? <laughs> they have to, right? Probably. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> Conan reveals that it was actually a suicide. And like they're like, how? You can't stab yourself in the back. But with a block of ice, you actually can't. <laughs> I've attempted this. So let me. I actually have some. Can you uh, demonstrate it for us right now? Additional information. So he got on a chair, and then he has the knife inserted into a block of ice, and you have to jump backwards and land on the knife. It's harder than uh, it looks, because I tried doing this, but I missed the knife, so I just like hit the back of my head, and then I was like, Ugh, I don't even want to. Better die luck now. next time. Um, and the confusion happened because he went to the room trying to talk to Yoko, but then he uh, ran into Yuko, who obviously doesn't know him, but he he was confused because they looked the same from behind. And um, she was, like, trying to fight him off, and he, he was so heartbroken that, like, his ex-girlfriend, like, actually, like, purely hated him, but he, you know, he totally read the situation wrong, and that's why he uh, committed suicide. And the manager says that this is like such a tragic thing. He had told him to break up with her so that like, you know, she could be more I guess popular as an idol since they're not supposed to be in relationships. And then Megary has this beautiful line here. He says, All because of a lie, misunderstanding, and a coincidence. This becomes a sad ending. <laughs> so Kyle, was this like hitting your heartstrings a bit here? I'm not gonna lie, I was a. Uh... I trouble. I had trouble following this case. Uh, like, I don't really understand why he felt the urge to commit suicide. He's heartbroken and because the girl that he loved um, wanted nothing to do with him anymore. But he broke up with her, and he wanted her back, and got well, confused, and so then he killed himself. He couldn't by, live without her because he, he by putting an he, ice and block, because of a knife in an said. ice block. And then jumping on it, and it's just the logical leaps here, I think, are so extreme that I'm just, I'm not sure if this is supposed to be a comedy or not, but I'm, but I'm laughing. (laughs) (laughs) I was, it is a, yeah, it is a weird case though, because of the things you were saying, like it, it doesn't make sense. Cause also think about it. How much did you have to get ice or water and then put a knife in it? Then freeze it, <laughs> holding the knife so it stays. But then somehow you land on the knife so much that it possibly breaks the ice, so it hits and makes a dent in the floor. It's a, a lot of things don't really match up. But hey, he killed himself, so it's a shocking. It was a shocking yeah. twist. You know, yeah, it's a twist. It's all that matters. <laughs> uh, Mori Coons then wakes up. And then we fast forward to the next day where the detective boys were just so enthralled by watching a murder case like <laughs> go down before their eyes that they need to be friends with Conan. And later in the episode, Ron and Conan watch Yoko perform. And Ron's really just a... She has, she has a little uh, woman crush Wednesday going on here. <laughs> she says that she just wants to be as strong as Yoko. And she says that Shinichi hasn't been here for a few days and she can't sleep anymore. So we, we get to see a vulnerable side of Ron here, which is like a, a stark contrast from when you see her like kicking ass and doing her karate and stuff. Oh, 
So, like you mentioned, this as a highlight, Kyle. Can you just expand on a little bit of what you like about uh, Ron so much? Yeah, I think Ron. Uh, she's the most wholehearted character. That's not the right word. She's the most wholesome character in the show. I feel she's a. Uh, she lets her emotions be known. They're very genuine. Uh, she's not always the comic relief character, right? Like, uh, I think a lot of her character is much more grounded than everybody else just because of necessity in the plot. And the fact that she's the one who's really worried about Shinichi when no one else seems to really care in the, in the story. <laughs> I mean, I guess Prog- professor Agasa knows the situation, so he wouldn't, but uh, it's just really nice to see like their relationship, how things left off and how uh, it's sort of in limbo. And she's have having all of the emotions that she needs to process it. And, I'm glad that the show is dealing with it and uh, what happens later on, I think is also ridiculously sweet. So it's just, it's nice and wholesome. So could it be that you have a woman crush Wednesday going on here? Oh, it is Wednesday. We're even recording on a Wednesday. You're right. You're right. I have a woman crush on every woman. They're all Queens. Jesus Christ. Bless you all. True story. You're, you're probably (laughs) so whipped. Oh my God. Listen, uh, I'm not going to lie. Yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So we get to see the ending song, but there's a great scene after the credits here um, where we see uh, moves to a couple days forward and Ron is just out of control. She's so worried. So Shinichi has to do something. And so he goes to a phone booth. Do you guys remember phone booths, man? We'll get, we'll get into that. But uh, he calls I've played her. Devil May Cry 5. And he's like, hey, baby. Hey, I'm baby. I'm going to be okay. I'm on a case overseas. Uh, it's going to take a bit, but uh, I'll be back. And so that, he kind of reasserts her. But yeah, man, a phone booth. Kyle, when, have you ever made a collect call? No, I'm not that old. Justin? <laughs> uh, no. I've been around him, but never had to make a call. Have You, you guys have used... Like fan base, right? Though, never, never, no, never oh had it. Uh, only me. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ! Wait, how old are you, Tyler? Twenty-seven. See, and I'm older than you, but again, that's because it, when they started to go away, I was finally old enough to be like, I need to actually call somebody, and by then, cell phones are starting to come out. So. Damn. Yeah, I remember I got like a cell phone before I ever needed to use a a payphone. Exactly. There you go. So, next Conan hint, neon signs. Let's uh, keep that in mind. So, let's, let's wrap up this episode there. Like, let's get at some overall thoughts. I know, Kyle, you had um, some plot issues with it. I, I generally like the story. I like the character of Yoko. Uh, I, have a, I have a hunch that we'll be seeing more of her throughout the series. Um, hopefully, it's not just her boyfriend dying in every episode. Uh, <laughs> it'll be quite a funny, like, a reoccurrence of, like, Every boyfriend of hers just keeps dying, and then like uh, Kagero is just like, it's like, please just date me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you find out it's Kogoro every single time, but they he always pinpoints it to somebody else. Yeah, I don't think this is like a bad episode. I don't think this is a truly great episode. I think it's a pretty kind of average tier case closed uh, Detective Conan episode. So yeah, uh, yeah it. It establishes another foundation for the show, which we will see in further episodes, but it's the start of it. So it's not like everything that you'll see from now on. Yeah, but 
Let me tell you about this next episode here. We got some neon signs, and we're going to get, get into <laughs> episode four, the coded map of the city case. And this aired January 29th, 1996. Kyle, were you even born at this point? In 96? Yeah. Yeah, I was born in 93. Oh, thank God. So you, <laughs> you, you were like a two going on three here, probably. When's your birthday? That's true. Uh, March 3rd. Okay, what's your uh, credit card, social security number? Oh, let me uh, get it out here for you. Hold on, let me get my pen. All right. Um, so, you were about two years old going on three here. Um, you probably would have seen this episode and been like, yeah, I'm sure. man, I hope well, I find a treasure map. Is, and- he is our Asian co- correspondent. So, I was a detective boy myself, I'm actually. Sure. So, Damn. Like, <laughs> what were you doing back on January 29th, 1996? <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at neon signs, actually. Oh, I see. So, the detective boy, the episode opens with the detective boys going to a museum. And, you know, all three, the whole group's all friendly now. Like, we didn't really see that too much last episode. Um, like, they, they all did said that they want to be friends with Conan, but now they're all buddies and hanging out here. So some stuff happened off screen. Um, and uh, Justin, I think you might have an answer to this because it seems like uh, they're kind of further in their friendship than it would seem. Um. So, yeah. So this episode, even though it's like the first case for them um, as the detective boys is not actually the first, uh, first like chapter uh, story of them. Um, it's like maybe the fifth or something like it happened. This story happens in volume four and the first story with them working together is in volume two, um, which is like a couple, I think like 20 episodes down the line from now uh, when that one actually happens. So yeah. So they definitely took really some weird. creative liberties, but I, I think this works good as an introduction, uh, even though yes. they kind of skipped a, a few things in their their friendship, of course. Uh, but we get to see a good chemistry here between them because we get to see all the ki- kids' personalities, which uh, I don't think like really shown through maybe quite as much uh, beforehand. And so they go see go to the museum, and then they find they're just wowed by all this treasure on display. And then while they're walking out, Ginta picks up this piece of pe- picture. Sorry, picks up a piece of paper has a bunch of symbols on it, and then Ayumi says it's a treasure map. Of and course. what are the chances? <laughs> like they were just in a, a museum full of treasure. They just have treasure on the blank, on the mind. So Conan's like, no, no way. Um, but the kids are just positive it is. And then Ginta, he de- he gives them the name of the detective boys, and he declares that they're gonna find the treasure. And then we see this little thing where these three mysterious men in uh, black actually mm. are following them. Kyle, what were you thinking when you saw these? shady fellows uh lurking past these kids i mean we've been faked out before and since this is such a long-running show i did not assume that these would be the men in black or whatever black organization is that what it's called yeah black organization. Yeah, yeah like the bad guys so um i had just assumed that these were some shady criminals and i didn't really figure out like what was actually going on until Things actually started happening towards the end, but like, yeah, I didn't assume that they were the bad guys. Uh, see, at first, I just thought they were pedophiles, you know, hanging out <laughs> in their packs. <laughs> That's a safe assumption. 
Uh, so Conan uh, asks to see the paper, and then they quickly realize that the first symbol is the Tokyo Tower. And as they run to the location, we see a TV report, and they're talking about an Italian robbery group whose leader, uh, I don't think he died, but he was like caught by police or something. And yeah. they are on the run uh, for stealing 15,000 gold coins. Justin, have you ever, yes. like, shoplifted? No, never have. Especially not 15,000 gold coins. Yeah, because I don't even Although know that how would be very nice. 15,000 gold coins. Like, that's... Yeah, it'd be very impressive, actually. It seems like too many coins. Like, I would want paper currency, if it's that much. Seems impractical. Kyle, maybe you'll impress us. You did show your bad boy Asian side last episode. <laughs> have you done any shoplifting? No, but I tried to steal someone's Game Boy once. Oh, go tell me the story. <laughs> I was in seventh grade. Wow. And uh, we had those. So it was at school. And we had those sort of desks where, like, uh, instead of the opening up, they just have a cubby hole. And so I saw somebody had a Game Boy SP just chilling there. And they, like, mm-hmm. had left. I forget why. And I was just, I'm going to take it. <laughs> so I grabbed it. And I, my foolproof plan was uh, I'm going to write my name on it in pencil because, you know, then it'll be mine. So I had it with me uh, for a couple of periods until somebody, I think, uh, the principal came around because this kid was very distressed because their Game Boy got fucking stolen. <laughs> and so they deduced that it must have been me somehow, pulled me out and what? then said, hey, we won't get you in trouble if you just, you know, give us back the Game Boy and admit everything. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I took it. And then he gave me <laughs> detention and that's when I learned never to trust cops. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. What a story. Did he at least have a good game? What game did he have in there? Oh god, I don't even remember, to be honest. <laughs> did you not have a Game Boy yourself? Was this like a feeling from I the, had right, a game from the Robin Hood <laughs> <laughs> I had like the uh, launch Game Boy, so I didn't have an SP, and I didn't really want one either because, like, I didn't like the clamshell, so I don't really know. <laughs> you just wanted what to possess it. That's what makes it even better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I knew Kyle was a bad boy. <laughs> See, what you should have done is, if you would have watched this show back in the day, clearly you would have come up with a treasure map and edit it. You're right. You wouldn't have had yeah. any problems. I would have known if I, if I had been a try case to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. All you had to do, instead of writing your name on the back, you need to write the word Oro, which is Italian <laughs> for gold, and then they would have never figured it out. So, they see this word Oro on the, on the piece of paper, and Mitsuhiko, and like we get to see his, this is kind of his character trait, where he's the smart one of the group, but he's not actually that smart because he's, you know, like a first grader and he gives this ridiculous solution to the problem. And then everybody's talking about, oh man, when we're going to get all this money, what are we going to do with it? Ginta just wants to eat grilled eel with rice, which it's so good. first off sounds disgusting Gross. to me. Um, <laughs> but I respect him like just wanting to eat food. Ayumi wants to travel and Mitsuhiko wants a, a space shuttle expedition. And then Conan is such a buzzkill here. He's just like, I want to save the money. Like, Either that or he's actually very smart, because that is very smart. What a dweeb. Is it just me or is Conan a conservative? Oh, 
he's definitely a he voted for Abe. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, so like i thought this was a really cute sequence um and really forwarded each of the kids personalities which is why i think this works mm-hmm. as a first um introduction to the detective boys really um kyle what did you think what do you think about all the kids do you like them <laughs> oh god i love these kids in a not gross <laughs> way um <laughs> <laughs> I uh I like that they're all just you know, like very basic tropes, but they fill their roles really well. Uh, like it's very obvious from the get go how every character is going to act. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like the sequences where they will have like a like a little dream bubble pop up, and they'll all have a different dream, which I I feel it might be a recurring thing, or at least I hope it is. I hope it is too. It's very fun. Uh, Justin, what would you do yes. if you got fifteen thousand gold coins? I'd save it. <laughs> uh, no, at first I pay. Definitely, I first pay off my college bill because fuck that. Um, uh, I don't know. Then what probably did you get your travel. degree in? What? What did you get your degree in? Uh, it. It. I see. Mm-hmm. But no, then then traveling definitely traveling. Kyle, imagine how many Game Boy Advance SPs you can get. <laughs> 15,000 gold coins. You At can least pay, one. You can buy one for that kid that you stole. No, I wouldn't do that. Was the kid a jerk? Do not like the kid? No, they were really... It was a girl, and she was very nice. You stole her a girl? Like, yeah. And she was. She didn't have a lot of friends either, so like... Did she know you back stole to it, it then just, afterwards, and she hated you? Uh... I'm not really sure. Mm. I was going to say the long story of this whole thing is we're going to find out that that's the woman he actually like marries. Yeah. Is that your wrong? <laughs> you can't that your childhood sweetheart. It's my fiance. And that's when they found out they were in love. So Ken looks at the, through all the icons <laughs> again. And he, he believes their abbreviations and they wind up checking out a closed store, which is just a, a hilarious disaster. <laughs> And Conan actually notices the three guys telling them, but he doesn't really think anything of it. Um, and I love the scene of them just tearing through all the panties looking for something. Yeah, like, and then Ginta gets a really up-close view of some panties. He opens oh, yeah. up a changing room, and we get to see a, a girl changing for a bit. Kyle, so Now we know what Ginta is really like. Yeah, Kyle, were you aroused? Um, that's not the word I would use. <laughs> I was Justin. <laughs> oh, most definitely. I mean, those very soft purple panties are great. It's great. They get kicked out, and all the kids just want to do is get some food. But Conan's really feeling this case now. He wants to figure this out. Because once he gets started on a mystery, he has to see it through then. So he drags them to a bookstore. And while the kids are just looking at manga, Conan finally finds what Aura means in an Italian dictionary. So then that's when shit gets real because he's like, oh man, this actually is about gold. Like, this is not like a childish fantasy. Like, there's actually something to this. And then we get a brief scene at uh, the Mori Detective Agency, uh, which once again talks about these stolen coins, which equate to 600 million yen, which is probably, what, like $60,000? Or how does that? Oh, jeez. Kyle, you're Six. an Asian correspondent. <clears throat> uh, a lot. 600 million. 
Yeah. I think six hundred thousand or something about. I think it's sixty thousand. Let me check. It's a uh, oh wait wow, oh wow it's a uh, five million three hundred eighty five thousand four hundred eighty eight dollars. Jesus, nah, that's nothing. <laughs> that's a lot. You knew gold coins were worth that much. Holy shit! Bill O'Reilly was right. Investing gold equated inflation into that, so it probably would have been different back then. Probably would have been even more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. You know, I apologize for uh, saying it was sixty thousand. That was really off. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot of money. Um, so he then remarks that the kids has it easy as he just drinks beer and watches TV while they're out, like actually solving a case. So we get to see a fun <laughs> little interplay there. Um, so Conan is struggling to figure out the sheet, but then Ayumi, like these kids, can be very helpful in, during these investigations. She notices that um, one of the signs has the same shape as the second symbol. So they start walking down the street, and they believe it all ends at an aquarium because the last icon is a fish. Um, but they can't find one of the symbols, so they feel like they're on the wrong path. Uh, Kyle, what did you did you have any like uh, like thoughts about what the icons were leading to here, or were, were you just like coming to the conclusions as soon as they said it? Because uh, man, this is worse than the Conan clues. It's just nonsense. <laughs> And, like, that's the funny thing, too, because they showed the signs, and then you think back on the Conan hint, and it's like neon signs. Oh, that's kind of what they're looking at with some of them. Um, but it's like, this doesn't make sense yet, especially because it seems like they are on the right track. But uh, the streets, uh, the day keeps passing, it becomes nighttime, and then Conan starts to figure it out. It was referring to neon signs that can only be seen at night so then they find the sixth sign but they can't figure out what the fish means and then Ginta's like oh it must be in the nearby w- river so he just grabs a stick and is like putting in the water and I'm like that's not how you fish first off I have no clue what he's trying to do um, but Conan figures it out and it's the reflection off the water because there's lights on the bridge so then they run up this building which apparently has no security and it's just abandoned I have no clue it's like this huge building so I don't know how they got into it but then they get into this building, um, and the treasure is tied above the building, and it's uh, the spot where you see the fish. Uh, but then bad guys appear. They tie them all up, and the kids are just certain that they're going to die. And we get to see another little thought bubble here where the kids all imagine <laughs> their deaths in various ways. Mm-hmm. I really it's enjoyed weird. that. <laughs> and, like, what were you thinking here? Things did not look good for these kids, Kyle. You think we were gonna have a quick end to Conan here? And our the like nine hundred other episodes are just gonna be like prequel episodes, I guess. It would have been a hell of an episode. Yeah. Um I will say I really appreciated the fact that every kid imagined their own death. <laughs> Where like one of them was saying, like, oh I'm gonna get shot. The other one was a uh, oh we'll sink to the bottom of the sea because they're gonna put us in cement. Uh, what was the other one was burned alive They're very <laughs> it's creative just, it's true it goes back to that thing where like the show is very gruesome but it's always very kitty at the same time it's very strange so they give some backstory on the whole robbery and then he pulls out a gun man the robber does and he's like Karen, you tell us where the gold is or i'm gonna kill you so Karen tells him where it is and he's like hey it's where you see the fish 
So they're figuring it out. And the kids get really mad that Conan told him about the gold, and he's like, they're killing you either way. <laughs> um, they don't realize it, though. And so they figure out that once they find the gold coins, they're going to be distracted for a bit. So during that moment, the kids knock over this like trolley system that was holding the bag up in place, and that giant bag of 1,500 coins all falls on their heads and they knock themselves out through it and they call the police and we get a fun little adventure into there um justin what do you think of that whole ending sequence there with the kids in danger and then figuring a way out um it's very much something that conan would think of like they're tied up what else can they do besides obviously distract them to get the gold to land on their head which mind you would hurt like a motherfucker um like oh my god um but yeah like it makes sense it's funny seeing them run because they are kids trying to pull out the pin and it just the guys look at them like what are these kids doing as they just keep running until it finally releases the pin how did you like the ending of episode, Kyle? Uh, I liked it a lot. This episode as a whole, I think, is one of my favorites so far, just because um, Conan has so far been all about murders and solving who killed people. And this seems much more uh, appropriate. Not that I'm saying, like, oh, this is a, not an age-appropriate show, but, uh, <laughs> like, it, it makes much more sense that a bunch of kids would just be, you know, doing stuff like uh, figuring out where treasure is. And it had, like, a Goonies-esque vibe to it that I really liked. So I think this is, uh, besides the fact that I like the Detective Boys a lot as well, this episode as a whole, I think I liked. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I like yeah. it a lot, too. I think, like, the, um, the stakes are slightly lowered has a more laid-back vibe. It's more action-oriented, more adventure, and, like, a mystery. Um, it's very More puzzle-solving. Yeah, puzzle-solving. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, even rereading it, watching the newer episodes and all that stuff, um, this is actually probably my favorite Detective Boys um, story. Oh, wow. Um, just because of what you said, Kyle. Um, it, it feels like it's these kids just having fun but also there's danger involved um but it just feels like this fun case that they're um being a part of um with some stakes by the end of it um that like every time when i was watching this i'm like oh yeah oro means gold i remember that like i literally remember this episode completely um so like nothing surprised me um it's just it's such a fun episode to watch and watching again just reconfirms that yeah really good episode uh i really liked it but there is a post ending song twist here all the kids are talking big about solving the puzzle but then ayumi credits conan he's like oh conan was so cool then conan gets a kiss here it's the kiss we've all been waiting for and Ron's so happy that Conan has a cute little girlfriend. And then we see Ginta and Mitsuhiko, who both have the biggest crush on Ayumi. And they're just fuming while Conan's like, oh, geez, what's happening? Um, Justin, 
Well, what do you think about this little interplay here? I know that we'll get into it more as the series goes on, but like Ayumi being a little smitten with Conan. Yeah, and it's really hard to say without spoiling stuff, but um, it's such a fun interaction. But like, that's what's great about um, like all these cases with the detective boys. Like Ayumi definitely likes Conan because of how smart he is and all that. Um, so you get to see that interaction a little bit um, throughout these episodes with them, um, and you do feel like Genta and Mitsuhiku are not jealous as much as they can be but like you get a little bit of that sometimes when uh there's cases and they're like well we want to try and solve this without conan um in the future kind of thing um so again this is even more set up um, like the previous episode with certain things of what the detective boys are which despite this being a later chapter in the series makes it later okay later chapter it's like volume four of like 90 volumes (laughs) yeah it's a couple cases in yeah where the other cases and when we get to the very first case that they deal with it is the complete reverse of this it's not very kid friendly with what they go through um but like this is very much like a this is what the detective boys are like these are the cases for the most part, that they'll get involved yeah, in. Yeah, like, uh, the more I think about it, I think they made the right call by making this their first, like, focused episode. Cause, uh, For sure. Yeah, like, you get the vibe a lot from that. So, really fun episode. And then, Kyle, I wanted to ask you the big moral quandary here. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Since Ayumi kissed Conan, does that... And Conan's <laughs> actually, like, 16. Does that, even though, like, Japan has, like, lax, uh, like, uh, age of consent laws... Um, does this make uh, Shinichi a sexual predator? I, it feels problematic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's like half of where the humor is coming from. Just Shinichi's in that position where it's like, I mean, what would you do if some little girl was kissing up on yeah, you? Yeah, and it's not like he's trying to aid it or anything. He's like, oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. He's just embarrassed at the whole situation. And then we get the next Conan hint, cell phone. Well, let's remember that cell phone next episode. Um, so, yeah, I thought these were both very fun episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm still feeling this series. like we're, we're not getting a bunch of like plot development like in the first two episodes, like each time out. But uh, we're still introducing characters. We're still we're getting into the normal flow of this series where you know, each case standalone by themselves. And we're, we're getting more of the vibe. It's a very fun show and has a great sense of humor, like Kyle has been pointing out. So through the first four episodes, what's your what's your thoughts right now, Kyle, on, on the series? Uh, I think my biggest takeaway is that I'm really surprised with how varied the show feels from episode to episode. That was one of my biggest worries, honestly, knowing that, like, it's going to be a, a case of the week sort of feel that... Um, we'd eventually get to a point where it's like, okay, here's a murder. Here's a murder. That's slightly different. Here's another one. But like, there's enough characters involved where like, it seems to be shifting focus a lot, which makes it feel a lot more fresh episode to episode. So, uh, introducing the detective boys is really cool. Um, the stuff with Ron is always great. And like the bigger plot elements, I think is always having that as an underpinning is, is a good thing to keep you moving forward. So generally it's like, it's, it's a, 
generally really well-made anime so it makes sense why it's so popular yeah definitely Mm -hmm. and so same question for you justin how do you feel about the the last two episodes or so um well i already mentioned that the detective boy one is probably my favorite which it is of theirs um but yeah like i said earlier these are all very much setting up exactly what you're gonna see from these episodes going forward more so than the first two did um so if you like these two you're definitely going to like for the most part all the episodes going forward and that will pretty much do us for this episode but we've got a long haul uh in the future here (laughs) so let's do some plugs here uh you can find the show on twitter at case reopened we're on itunes we're on spotify so um you can subscribe to whatever, whatever thing you want. We have an RSS feed that's easily accessible from our website. So if you're looking for the site, just go to twitter.com slash case underscore reopened. And then you can find all the links you need from there. Uh, and then Kyle, where can people find you on the, the beautiful internet? Uh, you can follow me at spirit and soul. Soul like the city. So S E O U L. And then Justin, you're at, the Sigma Omega, correct? That is correct. And then uh, you can follow me at Tyler Trees. That'll do us for our second episode, and we'll be back next week with episode five and six and something to do with a cell phone. So much excitement here. Uh, so <laughs> this may be goodbye, but uh, it's always case reopen. I thought I had a good stinger there for the end i don't so i was really expecting something i was gonna say you got it you got it next time we'll we'll get it next time we'll see ya bye bye bye